Hello, and welcome to the Good Leadership Podcast, where today we review the October 2023 Good Leadership Breakfast featuring Mayan Tran. I'm Paul Botts, the CEO and founder of Good Leadership. And I'm Kevin Sensnig, the President and Chief Learning Officer with Good Leadership. At Good Leadership, we're an organizational effectiveness firm based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And the Good Leadership Breakfast is the signature event that our firm started over 13 years ago as a small gathering of like-minded leaders that has grown into a dynamic force of leaders who are improving the way organizations operate because they know goodness pays. So any reasonable human being would be asking, what do you mean by goodness? Kevin, will you explain? Yes. Well, through the research that we've done around this concept of goodness, we define goodness as when people thrive together in a culture of encouragement, accountability, and positive teamwork. And it's really that thrive together concept that creates this perfect platform for the coaching processes that we use to create team alignment and the leadership development programs that increase leadership capacity in organizations. So to get started, we need to thank Old National Bank for being the presenting sponsor of The Breakfast and this podcast. If you haven't seen their hilarious and awesome TV ads, you really need to go out to Google and type in Old National Bank TV ads because they're they're awesome. Well worth the time because they make a very valid point every time. They do it in a very humorous and fun way. Yeah, and it's refreshing to see a bank that puts a little humor and yeah. uh, sort of a light, edgy concept on their branding. We're so grateful to Old National Bank. Yeah. So, Kevin, what's going on in your life these days? Well, it's been a little while since we've been together, Paul, and so lots happened since then. I think last time we were together, my youngest son was getting ready to go to Germany for a study abroad program. He completed that, came back safely and successfully, and very much enjoyed his time there. So that was exciting. Uh, he's now a junior in high school, and so we're enjoying his, the start of his junior year right now. So what's happening in your life right now, Paul? Well, uh, fall is always busy. For me, it's been a lot of travel. My wife and I both uh, turned 60 this year, and so wow. we took a trip to Ireland uh, for about 12 days, which is always an awesome experience. And then next week, I'm back on the road. I've got two different executive alignment conversations, and then we're spending the weekend there with our entire family to kind of have a big celebration in Chicago. So, nice. you know, travel's part of the gig this time of year, and anytime I'm home, and especially uh, with the Good Leadership Breakfast, it's always a bright spot in my day. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I've been traveling a lot this week, and then next week I go to New Jersey, spend some time with some clients, and then back to Pennsylvania and some other client conversations the next few weeks. So I appreciate that travel schedule. So this morning was our 105th episode of the Good Leadership Breakfast. Mayanne Tran was our speaker for the second breakfast in our fall series, and we've titled the fall series, Good Leadership is a Team Sport. We chose this theme because we are seeing a shift in organizations over to a very collaborative kind of teams of teams style. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that our industry, you know, leadership mm -hmm. consulting, organizational effectiveness has put a whole lot of energy into. And so right. it's exciting. Um, can you explain a little bit more about what happens at the breakfast for our, our listeners? So at the breakfast, we consistently host about 200 leaders in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Uh, the program today featured the Vice President of Philanthropic Services at the St. Paul and Minnesota Foundation, Mayanne Tran. It allowed us an opportunity to hear about her leadership journey, to, to collect some data from the audience, and then to lead a, a program or a workshop with the leaders in the room to talk about how they could improve healthy tension in their teams. Yeah, when we in started engaging the audience in audience response uh, research with their phones and also doing workshops, it gave a real breath of new life into a breakfast that's been going on for almost 14 years now. So I really love how we collect the data. Can you share a quick summary of what we learned today? Yeah. So today we looked at a couple of key polls. One was what drives the best results in your team? 
And what we found is about 68% of the leaders that had provided input prior to the breakfast said it was really coming from a specific team member, a great knowledge or skill, or a very energetic, charismatic leader. That was quite different because in the room itself, it actually flipped. And over 70% said, no, it's about collaboration with the team Mm -hmm. that brings in this sense of getting the best out of a team. So again, a difference of those who are focused on goodness versus those who just think about leadership as what they do with their team. Mm -hmm. The second poll we asked about was, what do you believe gets in the way of team high performance the most? And again, saw some similarity, some difference there. Prior to the breakfast and the data we collected, 65% of those respondents indicated they're not thriving in their team. Either they're not helping one another succeed or they don't know where they fit in their team. So it's hard to thrive when you don't have those two elements alive and well. On the other side, when we did that in the room, most people indicated we really need clear roles and responsibilities to be successful. When we have that, good things happen. Mm-hmm. Well, finally, I like the fact that we probed into uh, one of our concepts around uh, healthy tension. Mm-hmm. You know, we believe harmony is the enemy of high performance. And the, the people in the room today seem to understand that that was an important part of a team. But there were also a third of the people who said they didn't think the healthy was, I mean, excuse me, the tension was healthy at all. And um, that's a concept that uh, that those teams, they really have to work on because mm-hmm. that's at the key of what we're talking about. So as we make our transition to Maya Tran, it's important to know that she has an amazing story. She is an immigrant. Mm-hmm. She has been breaking through barriers and ceilings her entire career. It's interesting. She started out as a journalist, so she was a TV reporter and the news and the weather. And she got into philanthropic work in nonprofits. And she's just been a trailblazer everywhere she has been. Mm-hmm. So the strategy of this particular podcast is Monday Morning Quarterback. We're going to listen to what Mayan said during the breakfast, and then you and I are going to comment on what it is we heard. So, Kevin, what was your first impression of Maya? Very impressed just with, as you mentioned, her story, her background, how she thinks about her career growth and her leadership. What stood out to me is she came across as a very caring, others-focused, and very driven leader, driving those results, but doing it through and with other people. I thought that was a really valuable part of what she shared today. Yeah, and I, I've known her. I knew her story. And what came out today, obviously, she's very passionate. I, it was interesting. She really does see herself as a trailblazer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've had a lot of successful people at The Breakfast, people who are financially successful, who've built a legacy, who've done extraordinary things. But, boy, she's, I just can't wait to see what she's going to do next. <laughs> so as we get started with our conversation, I just ask her to tell us what she's observed about leadership over her career. Mm-hmm. Leadership has evolved, and there have been some, obviously, obviously some circumstances that have changed the way that leadership looks and the way that we have had to perform I, like you, grew up, I'm going to date myself, and I haven't said this very often. I'm comfortable (laughs) saying this now, but I turned 50 this year. Uh, Yeah, I had a hard time with that, though. Such um, a youngster. (laughs) I had a hard time with 40, so 50 was really hard. Um, But, you know, when I was growing up, you know, same scenario as you, butts in seats, work hard, you know, um, do what you're told follow the rules, and the way that I feel like I've evolved over the last 20 years, and more specifically, I would say the last three or four years since the pandemic, is that we have to be really open and mindful about who we are as leaders and who we're serving on our teams and how who we're serving with. It's not a for people, it's a with people. So that concept of working with your team, 
I mean, I, I feel in good company because 88% of you all said that you're relational. Great. We're going we're gonna to really gel. For the others, I hope we, um, we can come along on that journey together. Um, structure is not bad, um, but I'm truly more of a relational leader than I am anything else. Um, the other thing I wanted, to t I wanted to share is that, the, you know, gone are the days of top-down management. And um, we've always looked at kind of financial capital and overlooked human capital. And I think that human capital is one of the most important things that you can have on your team. You don't have to have the top performers, but you have to have people who have heart and mind and, and want to be a part of a team and want to perform and want to be at their best. And what that looks like is they have to have the right coaching and mentoring and support and resources. So we should probably stop here and say that we've been talking about this concept called epoxy theory, and that introduces the concepts of relational married with structure, 50-50 mix, actually makes a really strong bond for a team. So what were you thinking as you, um, as you listened to our opening comments? He was building off of some of the things you mentioned in your opening remarks of the breakfast around that transition from a traditional culture to a goodness culture. And I liked where she took that in talking about how you build a team that can make that transition. You look for people that have heart, they have mind, so they have a passion for it, they know how to do it. And then she added, and they want to do it. And I think that one piece was really powerful in her comments today. Inherent in that discussion is that uh, nobody really appreciates the top-down thing anymore unless there's a crisis. And if you're frozen, you need direction. But crisis leadership is very different than trying to get results on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So what I'd like to talk about next is her story. So I knew this backstory, and I, all I said was, how did you grow up? And tell us all about that. So here we go. Uh, my family immigrated to the United States when I was two, so um, we had, we, I have a family of four children and, and my mom and dad. My dad, um, I get really emotional when I talk about him because he's an amazing individual. So um, my dad grew up in a pretty prominent family in Vietnam and um, very educated, uh, knew four languages, and so during the war he was a translator for the U.S. Embassy and, uh, um, and uh, the military. And so at the fall of the war, um, they said, you have to get your family out of here. They're either going to imprison you, um, or they're going to kill you, or both. And so um, we used the resources and the capital that we had to be able to get out to the Navy waters in the South China Sea, where the Navy could um, rescue my family. And we were taken to um, a refugee camp in Guam and that's where my family lived for a year before we were brought over by Lutheran Social Services to a very, very small town of Mason, Michigan. I don't know if anybody here is from Michigan. Uh, Mason's about this small, right outside of East Lansing and Lansing. Um, and uh, so that's where I grew up, and I went to Michigan State, um, lived there until I graduated, um, and then I moved to Minnesota. Um, and this has been home for me. I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else, so Minnesota is home. Um, I, you know, the, the way that I grew up, my dad taught, you know, work hard, um, do better, and then, you know, we could give you, and most importantly, when you, when you can, give back. That was really imperative, is to give back. So, um, that's a little bit about just kind of my background and how I grew up. So what do you think it as you heard her story for the first time, Kevin? Yeah, well, two things really struck me. One, I had an opportunity to spend some time in Vietnam few years ago on a business trip. Uh, and what struck me at that time was how real the story she shared is still alive within the country. 
And just hearing how individuals living in Vietnam still reflect back on that time period and what that means to them. So I just had a very different way of listening to that story, having just experienced that several years ago and kind of having that connection point. It, it was just exciting, interesting to hear her talk, share that perspective around that. Well, it's definitely not the story shared by most of our speakers, right. for sure. And also for me, I was on the board of directors at Lutheran Social Service for 12 years. And I was very familiar with that story, but to know that she's got that story, it, it, it was awesome. And so I think it immediately gives her credibility in ways that other leaders don't get. Yeah. Well, I think the concepts we talked about that her father shared, you know, work hard, do better, and then give back. She shared that he was a very well-educated individual, sounded like he had a pretty good status in the country at the time. And so the idea of giving back is something people like to do, but sometimes can overlook. And I think that experience really impressed upon him from what I could tell and as, as she shared it that need to give back. That was really valuable. So a key part of our point of view in organizations that are highly effective is they figured out how to make this concept of teams of teams work. Mm -hmm. So let's hear how Mayan talked about that. Okay, I'm not saying this because my director of HR is here, but I will say that I have never worked for a better organization than the St. Paul Minnesota Foundation. And the reason I say that is because we have built a culture. Rhonda has led us to build a culture, and Anna has helped us build a culture of teams of teams because we've, we've identified what doesn't work, and it's that hierarchy. And what we have said is, through our, our CEO, Dr. Eric Jolly, we are going to really work on equity and laying a great foundation for each team to be successful. There is not a, there's rarely a job out there that we all work in where you're not working cross-functionally, that you're not working with other teams, right? There are, there are so many jobs now that you have to be able to be able to communicate and, and, and support other teams within your organization. And that's what we've done is we've built this concept so that everyone on each one of our teams, whether it's finance or community impact or philanthropic services, that we're all operating on the same level, the same foundation, and the culture around that foundation is strong. We honor people where they're at. You mentioned that. We honor people for the skills that they bring. I mean, I'm not the smartest person in the room. I know that. But I have a lot of smart people within my team and their teams that are doing amazing work. And if I can help build mm -hmm. that capacity and provide that structure and allow them to innovate and allow them to be a part of mm -hmm. the solution and have a voice, your teams have to have a voice. If they don't have a voice in what they're trying to achieve and the goals and the KPIs and the metrics and everything you are expecting of them, then you're just gonna get, you're just gonna get mediocre work. But if they have a voice in what they're doing and what, where they're headed on this plan, mm -hmm. they're, gonna, they're gonna succeed. Everybody wants a win. So I love the connection that she made there. Everyone wants to win. Our spring series of the Good Leadership Breakfast, and you, you can go back and listen to these podcasts if you wish, was all about winning with a goodness culture. And goodness is when people thrive together. And it's very clear her organization takes very seriously the idea that everyone knows how to team together. Mm -hmm. you got to be jumping around to other teams. That, that's one of our success habits. So yeah. what did you think about as you heard that, Kevin? Yeah, I liked her comment about honor people where they're at. Mm -hmm. And so I think... She shared in everything she talked about today the value of someone else and helping her to think about things or succeed as a leader. So she naturally has that tendency to want to engage with others, but that's not easy for everyone to do. So the idea of honoring people where they're at is something that every leader can do. 
Whether I feel comfortable with that or not, I can honor people where they're at. Yeah, and so they're philanthropic organization. They're professionals. It's a professional services organization. Maybe not fee-for-service, but that's how they operate. And I think what we're learning is that professional services firms that have many, many different clients, they also have many, many different client teams. And the, the teams of teams culture is alive in any professional services firm that really thrives. And honoring each person's unique perspective. I mean, we do that here at Good Leadership. When we put together a team, we've got a bunch of coaches. We also have people who do scheduling, right. create documents, and we need to hear about their perspective as much as we do the coaches who are out dealing with the messy stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think the other part of that too is she shared a little bit about that. It's not a team at the top directing teams in the organization. It's teams across teams. It's teams with teams. And that's a key piece she brought alive and made real in their organization. And that's where I think most people struggle with teams of teams. So let's make a transition now to a concept that we call success habits. So a key part of the Good Leadership Breakfast is the coaching we do for the speaker. And we help them identify three of their success habits. Those are things in their leadership they've learned to repeat over and over again because other people think they really work. So we mine for success habits by interviewing people they work with closely and then we pass those along to our speaker in advance. And it's always a gift to receive this kind of feedback. And so let's listen to uh, Mayan now, who's going to share her success habits. And as you listen to this, she talks about herself as an extremely relational person. Correct. So she's had to learn a lot of the structural ideas in order to be effective. And you'll hear that in her comments. The first thing is, this is a very uh, relational concept here. Yes. Everyone is recognized, values, valued, and heard. And you and I, in this interview process earlier, were talking about how you're very, very relational, how you go about things, and you've had to learn to be structural to be successful. Right. So will you tell us, why do you think this is important? It's kind of a duh, right? <laughs> but then also, uh, how do you do it? Yeah, I mean, I just shared a little bit about it. I shared who you know came to support me today and these mm-hmm. amazing leaders. But the way that uh, I'll give an example of how I've done that. So when I was hired to the philanthropic services team, uh, my senior vice president Jeremy Wells, amazing, smart individual, right? So I get into f- my first few meetings and and I'm listening to the team meeting and I'm thinking, I don't know what anybody does or what they're working on or there's no successes here or wins that I'm hearing about. So I I pulled them aside and I said, hey, if I'm going to help support the team and help you lead this team, can I do something? And he's like, sure, what do you want to do? I said, I want to start off our meetings with, let's let's celebrate the successes of our teams. What are we doing? What are some of our wins? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about like, are your kids well? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, did your husband get a promotion? I mean, yep. whatever you want to share, let's get to know each other mm-hmm. a little bit. Because we had these teams that were just very high-performing people, and everybody just started getting into business. And I was like, ah, I like that, but I really want to know about you. So um, I said, can I, can I do that? And he's like, sure, why not? So we started every meeting, every team meeting, with just what's going on in your life? What are some of these, uh, you know, personal and professional successes and, and or challenges that we can all just talk about? So that's just one tangible, um, you know, idea. It sets the stage for a really good team meeting. So the second success habit then is that, you know, strength and courage is something obviously you understand in many ways, in ways that I don't based on how you grew up. So um, in your world, that means speaking up. So why is that so important? And how do you go about encouraging it? I'm the youngest of four children, so if you're the youngest child, you know that you just need to speak up when you need to speak up, so that's not been a problem for me, but 
what I, uh, what I like to share with my team members is, you know, your voices do matter. And if I'm not hearing your voice and we're making decisions for the team, um, then we're not making good decisions. Because we need to hear people speak up about what are some of the challenges within the, you know, the context of the goals that we're trying to deliver on. Um, if we're not hearing from individuals and in, individuals in their seats and the way that they're performing as part of your team, um, then you're missing out on some really, really critical uh, decision making because you're going to run into you're going to run into some really big issues if you don't know what's happening from the team right up front. So I encourage people to speak up, mm -hmm. and I also encourage people to take the leadership role. So when I think about this RACI model, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. this project management tool to say who's responsible, who's accountable, who's consulted, and who's informed. That goes a long way, even if it's mm -hmm. a small project, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because everybody's in their lanes and they know like, how mm -hmm. they're contributing to this bigger goal. Mm -hmm. So you know, um, not only do we want them to speak up, we mm -hmm. also want, to, want them to take those leadership roles. Mm -hmm. I don't have to lead everything. I shouldn't lead everything, mm -hmm. right? So I shouldn't be responsible for everything if yeah. I'm not the right person and for And the that. clarity from the racing model makes it easier to do that. Uh, so let's look at the last one then. And this one is a structural concept. You use process to keep people focused on the right goals. So how do you do that? Why is that important and how do you do it? Well, because if we're, if we're on a road, if we're on a journey together and there are two paths to this journey, mm -hmm. right? There's the straight and narrow path that has the you know, paved way. You can take that straight and narrow path. And then there's also this other path that you can take where there might be some scenic routes and you can, you know, and you might, you know, lose your focus for a minute, but then you refocus and you keep going. You still get to that same goal. And so when you think about the process and focus on goals, I mean, everybody needs to know what the plan is and everybody needs to know what is expected of them. And that's really, I mean, I know it seems very simple, but when you think about, when you talk about, you know, when you talk to your team members on, you know, in their one-to-ones, it gets very crystal clear when they don't know what it is that they're supposed to do or how they're supposed to participate. And so process is really important. That structural element is mm -hmm. extremely important because I, I'm a, on the Myers-Briggs. I'm an ENTP. Anybody else here an ENTP? 2% <laughs> of women are ENTPs. And that means that I am all over the place. I don't love rules. I hate rules. <laughs> I, I mean, I like to take this beaten path and that one, and then I might get back on, you know, on track. But I, I'm, I'm, trying to I'm trying to achieve um, uh, and solve challenges in unique ways. And so I have to be really careful as a relational um, leader and manager that I don't go all in on that. I can't be all in on that. Because if I'm not giving clear direction mm -hmm. on what I'm thinking Mm -hmm. and what the organization or the company is mm -hmm. expecting of us, then I can get everybody else, you know, we, we can just look like this versus, you know, this. Okay. And so uh, process is really important. We have to focus on that. Okay, Kevin, so uh, what did you hear in her success habits? Yeah, the one that struck me the most was the second one about that strength and courage and finding your voice and making sure people have a voice, which I think led lent itself right into our conversation about healthy tension. But I like the way that she added the care and concern about people personally and professionally in Success Habit 1, and then the idea of facing unique challenges and solving them with process in, in uh, Success Habit 3. So it tied together nicely, but number two is the one that really caught my attention. 
You know, speaking up is a really interesting concept. It's easy to speak up on stuff that you agree with, but to be able to say, I see it differently or I don't agree, that's really where that healthy tension concept comes in. And, you know, our belief system is that harmony is the enemy of high performance. And harmony, usually in a team setting, is avoiding certain things because you think they're going to be either punitive or explosive or something like that. And clearly, they're investing in people enough where um, people from any part of the organization can speak up. And I think that's just basically the evolution of any good culture as you create that freedom. You know, we've heard about the psychological safety concept where anybody from any perspective can share theirs. And that's obviously they've got that going uh, in her organization. I think the one part that she didn't really touch on, but I think is implicit in this idea of finding your voice and your courage, is also making sure others in the team are able to hear that voice and not react negatively to it. So part of that voice is I'm willing to say what needs to be said, as you just mentioned, but also I'm willing to listen to what people are saying and not react to it, but respond to it. So I think that was a core part that goes into that healthy tension and making it strong in teams. As we round the corner now and head home here, um, for 10 years, we've been asking the same question at the end of every one of our interviews. And I've been asking it the same exact way so that we can just keep track of what people are saying. And so, uh, The question that I ask her here is, how do you know for sure that goodness pays for you and your leadership? Let's hear her answer. This is the question we've been asking every speaker for almost 10 years, and Mm -hmm. it's the simplest question. We want to know, how do you know for sure that goodness pays for you? Uh, Well, I can say that I've kept in very close contact with um, a lot of colleagues that I've worked with over the years. I've had some of those colleagues come and work with me at the foundation, I have some who continue to want to work with me at the foundation. So, you know, I think that that speaks volumes. Um, also, I think it's really important for all of us to be thinking, um, who are those people who are going to say your name in a room when you're not there? I know I have those people, and I, and I value them very much. Um, and those are the people who are going to always be in your corner, and you have to find those people um, to be your mentors and your coaches. And the last thing I will say is that I'm gracing the stage, so I must have done something right. Yeah, she's referring to the fact that we've been doing this breakfast for almost 14 years, 105th episode today, and there have been some really dynamic people, and she fits right in. Yes. So thank you for joining us today on the Good Leadership Podcast, the debrief of Mayan Tran. If you missed the breakfast in person and would like to watch the video, it'll be posted on our social media and Good Leadership website. As a reminder, our firm, Good Leadership, is an organizational effectiveness coaching firm. We exist because everyone knows you can't have an effective organization without good leadership, and you can't have good leadership without goodness. And thank you for investing in yourself. Uh, This podcast is one of many resources from our self-directed learning element of our Good Leadership Essentials program to help you and leaders in your organization develop greater leadership capacity. If you'd like to find information about past or future breakfasts on social media, you can do that or check it out on our website at www.goodleadership.com. Dot com. Uh, and as a reminder, our next breakfast for our fall series is going to be on November 17th. We're featuring Archie Black, the former CEO of SBS Commerce, and it's one you won't want to miss. The mission of the Good Leadership Breakfast and our firm is to spread goodness through good leaders because we've proven goodness pays. Have a great week, everyone. And as you think about your own leadership, what do we want everyone to remember, Kevin? Goodness pays. Yes, goodness pays. Goodness pays.